Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Hallelujah, we love you, Lord. You're so good to us. So wonderful, Lord. Thank you. Over this weekend, the final four are, it's going on somewhere, I think Minneapolis, and millions of dollars spent, people, thousands screaming their heads off. Amen. And, and some will walk away dejected and some will walk away elated. But eventually there's going to be somebody that wins. Well, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one. So tonight, when Abby was going down in the name of Jesus, there was more ruckus in heaven that there could ever be in a thousand final fours. Imagine we're excited to hear about it. We, we thank the Lord for what God does, but in heaven, heaven shouts and rejoices. The angels rejoice. Praise God. I want to direct your attention tonight to the book of Psalms. We went there today to the book of Psalms, and we're going back there tonight. I want to direct your attention to the book of Psalms 105, 105. Verse 17. The Bible said, He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Sold for a servant. Whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. The word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. I want to talk to you about victorious dreamers. Victorious dreamers. Do you have any dreamers in the house? Do you have anybody that thinks that their life can be better than what it is right now? Can see things better in your life than what you have right now? Not just talking about monetary, but I'm talking about in all your relationships and all of your thinking and your mind as Brother Labana was talking about earlier. Well, in Joseph's life, the Bible said the Word tried him. The Lord tried him. And then there came a time that his dream come to pass. There is a space of time between the promise and the reality. It's a space of time between the dream and the delivery of the dream. It's those moments that become so difficult for us. I want to talk about those moments between the promise and the reality. Victorious dreamers. Lord bless you. Amen. Tonight you can be seated. Praise God. I enjoyed the choir tonight. Thank you for singing choir. Let's give the choir a great big hand. Let's give the praise team a great big hand. 
Sister Carrie, awesome job tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. We talked about the word of the Lord this morning and the importance of the word of the Lord and the truth that comes in his word. I want to tell you there's power in his word tonight. There's power in his word. We understand that all of creation began with God said, and it was so, and it was good. God said. So his word is creative, and it is fruitful and producing. We understand from Hebrews that it wrote, to Hebrews 11 and 3 tells us that the age or the time that we live in is framed by the word of God. That means wherever you live, whatever culture you're living in, whatever season you're living in, whatever age, they call this, actually they have, now they're slipping from this being the post-modern age to being the post-truth age. We've gone from modernity, we've gone from being modern and, and, and then to post-modern and now it's being declared the post-truth age that we're living in. No matter what age you live in, no matter what season you live in, you find that the Lord is going to frame you by his word. So that means whatever's happening on your left, amen, or on your right, before you or behind you is covered by the word. Covered by the word. Amen. The word of the Lord is progressive, growing. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds that goes out, that goes forward, that is progressing. Amen. The word of God, I've been blessed, I've been preaching this, this book for, since I was 14 years old. I remember my first message, Jesus is light. Amen. I don't know how long I lasted, but I guarantee you it wasn't very long. But Jesus is light. But the word of God is progressive. It ought to be growing. There ought to be things that we are studying from the word of the Lord that we have never heard, never seen, and it becomes a proceeding word. It becomes a revelatory word to us. We see that the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and uphold all things all things by the word of his power, by the word of his power. Samuel tells us that the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. If I know God, I don't know him by Fox News. I don't know him by CNN. I don't know him by any other alphabet network. I know him by the word of God. I don't know him by a denomination. I don't know him by even a particular church. I know him by the word of God. God. It was the word of God that brought the resurrection to Ezekiel's uh, dead bones. Prophesy, he said, to the dead bones. The word began to bring them alive. It is the word that Isaiah declared was impacting and effective and life-changing. Isaiah tells us, so shall the word of the Lord go forth out of his mouth. It shall not return unto him void, but it shall accomplish whatever he pleases. And it will prosper in the thing that he sent it. 
His word. I've said this recently. I'll say it again. God does not respond to need. He responds to his word. We can bellyache and cry all we want to, and God is not legally obligated to help us. But what energizes the legal action of God is that he is going to respond to his word. When you begin to say the word that says, by your stripes I am healed. Lord, I'm claiming that in my life and in my soul. So, Lord, would you answer the word? That doesn't... You don't have to have a particular disease that he's going to heal you of or touch you of. Amen. But he covers them all by his word. The word of the Lord is always relevant. We can discuss different versions. We can discuss different transliterations and paraphrases and, 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 and everybody putting their label on it. But I want to tell you what the word of the Lord says. Uh, the grass withereth, the flower, flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. It has endured the test of thousands of years. It has endured higher criticism and lower criticism. It has endured scholarly criticism. It has endured the ignorant that did not know, but his word still stands. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord is able to penetrate into your very heart, for it is quick and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Hebrews tells us 4 and 12, piercing even the divide and asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It is the word of God that comes to bring revelation. It cuts in like a knife and convicts us and changes us and transforms us. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, if I could refer to what Brother LeBannon said, that our minds are washed. Paul said, by the washing of the water, by the word. I want to tell you how to clean your mind is get into the word. I want to tell you how to wash out the, word, the, the things of this world. Get the word in you. Proclaim the word because it is the word of the Lord that has the ability to speak life. The bottom line with all of life is this point. Is there a God that speaks? Is there a God that speaks? And will there be people that obey? That's the bottom line of faith. Is there a God that speaks? And will his people obey? Paul declared in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, he said, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed, God breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all all good works. Amen. God's word cannot be uh, uh, scanned over like I said this morning, going to a smorgasbord and having a holy sanctified buffet where you pick and choose what you want to eat and what you don't want to eat. But I read that all scripture is inspired. God breathed. Amen. The, the book, the holy book, the word of the living God is indestructible. It cannot be destroyed. It is incorruptible. It cannot cannot be contaminated. It is indispensable. It is useful for everything. It is infallible, which means it will not lie. It is inexhaustible. So whatever you need from A to Z, from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find your answer in the word of God. Hallelujah. As my dad used to say, you can pull a thread in Revelation and it'll buckle in Genesis because that is the continuity of the word of God. 
So the Bible says we're surrounded by the word, we're healed by the word, we're held together by the word, we're blessed by the word, we receive the word of revelation by the word, we claim the promises of God by the word, we're changed by the word, and we're tested by the word. Oh, pastor, you could have just gone all day without going to that part. It's the word sometimes that comes to try us, to refine us. There are things that we go through in life that we may look at, look at them like dream killers and destiny robbers, amen, that come to destroy the dreams of leadership, the dreams of blessing, the dreams of prosperity, the dreams of acceptance and success, the dreams of significance, the dreams of knowing who you are. There are people today walking on planet earth, walking in this country, amen, that don't know who they are and they constantly vacillate between am I boy, am I girl, I don't know what I am. Amen. It's the heart cry of this generation. Who am I? I want to tell you, if you want to know who you are, you can go and find it in the word of God. Joseph was a young man. He had the promise of his father and the prophecy from God that said one day you're going to rule the family. When his father put a coat of many colors on him. He was stating, you're the heir. You're the next in line. You are the firstborn. Joseph was a favored son of Jacob, but he was hated by his brothers. Joseph's brothers took the dreamer. You know the story. Tossed him into a pit. He took the, the dreamer. They got tired of his dreams. And so they had set out to kill him. They had set out to destroy him. And what they did is they removed his coat of identity. They removed what he was supposed to be, the heir apparent, and took his coat and they put blood of a goat on it and lied to their father and said, Joseph surely is dead. And they sold Joseph into slavery. But can I tell you, you could take the coat from Joseph. You could take what his dad said from him about being an heir apparent. But what you cannot take is the dream that came into his heart. Amen. The dream that he had would be something that would sustain him through all the trials and all the tests. Amen. This world may try to rob you of your coat. Family may try to rob you of your identity. Amen. But your dream can live on through the blackness and darkness of solitude in a pit. Your dream can still live on. When they shackle your arms and you become a slave, the dream can still live on. When you're sold into slavery and you're far away from home and the, and the beautiful coat that you once had, the dream can still live on. The promise of God may seem a million miles away as the chains were around his neck and probably his feet and his hands. And no doubt the thought came to the young teenager, so this is my life. What about the dream? What about the dream? So this is my life. He was sold to the Egyptian uh, uh, military leader by the name of Potiphar, the captain of the guards. Where are your dreams now, Joseph? You're going to be the one that leads your family. Where are they now? Amen. I wonder what kind of adjustment this little spoiled prince had to go through. I wonder what kind of adjustment this guy who was daddy's favorite 
and doted upon, giving him the best pieces of meat, the best food to eat. You've got the seat of notoriety. Now he's got the seat of a slave. He's got the seat of, of, of a problem and issues in his life. He is now so far from family. The dream does not look like a reality. But yet somewhere inside of Joseph, there was faith that he believed. I can't see it. I don't understand it. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I've gone through this. I don't know why I've had this test. I don't know why I've had this loss. I don't know why everybody, I'm preaching to somebody tonight that needs to hear me that whatever you've been through does not have to kill your dream. It doesn't have to destroy your dream of what you thought was going to be and what you think was going to be. But God just might be testing you. He just might be putting you putting you through the test. Hey, Joe. Where's your dream now? Joseph, where's your dream? But you know what happened to him? Is that when he got into Potiphar's house, he became a slave, then he became a better slave, then he became 15th in command, then 10th in command, then 5 in command, and he began to make his way up. Here's what you got to understand about your dream. You can make the best of a bad situation if you're still keeping your dream. If you don't give up faith and if you don't give up believing, you can make the best of a bad situation until he became second in command of the household of Potiphar. He withheld nothing save his wife. But I want to tell you what the Lord let him know that in this time, Genesis 39 and 2, listen to the statement, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of the, his master, the Egyptian. God said, I'll bless you even in the place where it doesn't look like your promise is going to be fulfilled. Your dream is going to be fulfilled. You need to lift your head today and say, I know I had a dream. I know that I had a plan. I know that God had something for me. And it looks like years have passed and days have passed. And I'm still not seeing, but I will make the best out of my life. I'll make sure that God is with me. I'll be prosperous. I'll be successful. I'm going to do what God has for me. The Lord was with him. You can go through anything if the Lord is with you. I want to tell somebody right now, you don't have to be at your final dream destiny to be blessed. You don't, somewhere between the promise given and the promise realized, you can be blessed. Well, if I ever get this, if I ever have that, if I ever make it here. You know what, the other day, and, and Brother LeBannon was with me in the car. The other day I got a phone call. Brother Jason, I won $900,000. Am I telling the truth? That's a truth. That's what the man said. Not only did I win $900,000, I won me a 2019 Land Rover.
You know what it was? Baloney. Baloney. Guy said he'd call me. Never did. He said, now don't tell anybody. We're sitting in a car full of people, you know. Well, they're just listening. I guess it was a secret to also Publishers Clearing House Sweepstake because that's who he said I wanted from. I don't even think they knew. You see, there's a point sometimes where the enemy will get you thinking, well, my ship hasn't come in yet. I haven't seen this yet. Amen. But I'm not talking about a phone call from some prankster or scam. I'm talking about the word of the Lord. You see, what he had was the word of the Lord, and that was what is trying him. Amen. Joe, you're going to believe when there's chains on your wrist. Joe, you're going to believe when you're not yet there. Are you going to believe when you're in Potiphar's house? Are you going to believe when your marriage falls apart? Are you going to believe when your life is in crisis? Amen. Are you going to believe when it seems like everything is in chaos? I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Some of you young folks need to realize you're not there yet. You're not there yet. You may feel like, well, I got a I don't know what's going to happen to me. What am I going to be when I grow up? I'm still wondering. What am I going to be? Because I'm still dreaming. Still dreaming. And the Bible said, and it came to pass after these things that Joseph had a temptation that came into his life. And I mentioned it this morning. And Potiphar's wife tempted him to go to bed with her. The Bible said daily, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. Evidently, he was a good-looking guy. I read one report years ago that said Joseph was so handsome that he made girls faint in his presence. Dude, that's one fine-looking young man. His master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me, but he refused. He refused. It looks good. It looks enticing. Nobody's there, miles away from daddy, miles away from the coat, miles away from his brothers. He can go ahead and do it. Everything be all right. I'll just jump right back to my dream. I want to tell you that Joseph understood that his dream was supported by his character, and his character mattered even more than his dream because a dream without character is a nightmare. Joseph had to change his coat again from the coat of chief of staff to a prisoner's uniform. He went again from being pampered and having all to being cast in prison, falsely accused of rape. Joseph chose federal prison over feeding his passion. Joseph chose the path that nobody wants, but he said, I've got a dream, and if I don't act right, this dream won't be fulfilled. It's more important that you be careful what you do, where you go, what you watch, what you read, because your dream is more important than being accepted or think you're being cool or because everybody else is doing it. So back again into another pit, into a dungeon, into abyss. He had every right, Bishop, to want to be a victim. He had every right to say, 
Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Where's my daddy? Where's my coat? Where's my dream? Where's my promise? But again, Genesis 39, 21, like the same statement that was made back in verse 2, 39 and 2 and 39, 21. Look at this. But the Lord was with Joseph. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to tell the devil, listen, the Lord was with me before this temptation and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forsake this temptation because he's going to be with me after me. It, 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 it's more important. We have quoted the scripture sometimes so inappropriately. The Lord will not put more on you than you're able to bear. Don't blame the Lord because you're a mess. If you read that scripture, he's talking about temptation. The Lord said he wouldn't put you on more on you than you're able to bear, but will with that temptation make a way of escape. Amen. God's always got an escape route from no matter what temptation comes your way. And Joseph said, I'm following the escape route. It may lead me to prison, but I still got my dream. I'm not going to sacrifice my dream for fornication and adultery. I'm not going to sacrifice my dream. Even when his dreams were not fulfilled, the Lord was still with Joseph. When all was lost, it wasn't. He began to interpret other people's dreams, and his were unfulfilled. Can I ask you this question today? Let me, let me talk to you that are in the ministry. And I just said that all of you are, so I guess I'm talking to all of you. Can you minister to others when you're not getting what you think is yours? Let me say it again. Joseph interpreted dreams when his wasn't fulfilled. Can you pray for folks to get theirs when you're not getting yours? Can you pray for people to get a new car when yours is about to fall to pieces? Can you pray for somebody to get a job when you don't have a job? Can you pray for someone that needs something interpreted in their life and encourage others, go after your dream, go after your dream, go after your dream, amen, when yours is not even fulfilled? Have you ever acted on the promise of God and things got worse? I heard just laughter on that. Can I get an amen? Anybody ever acted on the promise of God? God said, go, go, go do, be, whatever, and things got worse rather than better? I got my hand up. Hallelujah, I've followed the Lord, gone places. My wife and I have done things, and oh, God, you're in it. Hallelujah, when we get there, it's like, what in the world? You ever felt like you got penalized for doing the right thing? Go ask Joe. But what happened is that God was taking him on a journey. Now, when he went to Potiphar's house, he was sitting close to one of the head military mines of Egypt. And God said, I'm going to train you how to run a country. 
I'm going to train you how to take care of people. I'm going to train you. You're going to be the chief of staff because you need to learn organizational skill. But I'm going to take you to the prison to make sure your spirit's right. I'm going to make sure your heart is right. I'm going to make sure you're humble because God does not exalt the proud, but he exalts the humble. And so God will take you to a prison. God will take you to a moment where you feel like he's left you all alone. Alone, so that one day he could say, aha, the dreamer is real. The dreamer is an overcomer. The dreamer is a faithful person. The dreamer is a victorious. Sometimes the word tests us to refine us of self-indulgence so we can walk into our destiny with God. It reminds us that God's grace is sufficient in both the good and the bad. Psalm 66, 9. Which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou hast brought us into the nest. Thou hast laid affliction upon our loins. And, and thou hast caused man to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through water. But thou brought us out into a wealthy place. I'm talking about some of you that when in, in, in the last year or so you have gone through some of the darkest times of your life. You've gone through the roughest seasons of your world. God didn't send you there so that you could just simply die and your dream die with you, but rather to refine you, rather to challenge you, rather to test you so that when you come out, he's gonna bring you from the dungeon into a wealthy place, into a whole place, into a place of blessing, into a place of prosperity with God. Praise the Lord. Go to Psalms 105, 16. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff. Can you imagine? Okay, you know the story. Joseph predicted to he got out of prison. I'm going to fast forward like running through a, an OVHS. Out of prison. Okay, he's out of prison. And he is now second in command because there was a famine predicted. Seven years of prosperity and seven years of famine. There is some old highfalutin person that for seven years would have eaten high on the hog and then all of a sudden, the bottom drops out, and he's saying, why me? Nobody likes me. I'm hungry. Well, so is your neighbor, and so is that neighbor, and so is the, the, the country boy that has nothing. And, 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 and so it, it, happens to, it happened to all of them. God sent a famine. God sent a famine. God sent a famine. Hear me preach right now. I, 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 I'm sorry if, if I, I intended this to be a short sermon. I really did. I really did. Y'all last Sunday, I didn't have the strength to preach, but I did anyway. But I want to tell you, this Sunday, I'm feeling pretty good in my body. And so y'all just hold on. Is that all right? All right, all right? The Lord sent a famine. But verse 17 says, and he sent a man. 
before them, even Joseph. When did he do that? Years before, years before, God sent him to a pit. God sent him to a pit so he learns about humility and he sent him to Potiphar's house so he learns about military might and organization and then God puts him in the prison so he can understand the judicial system and he begins to learn the laws of Egypt so when he steps up into his destiny and his dream one day does become a reality he's ready for it he's ready for it some of us are not getting our dream yet because we're just not there yet we're not just ready for it but God God sent a man in the form of a teenager. God sent a little boy in the form of a teenager because he knew that one day he was going to be a full-grown man and he was going to be able to handle it. Praise the Lord. Whose feet they hurt with fetters and he was laid in iron until the time that his word came. What word? The reality of his dream, the reality of his dream. Some of you are in that until time between the promise and the reality. And you don't even know why God has sent you in this route. Hold on to your dream. Amen. You understand that once the timing is right, you will be Lord over that dream that he put you in. This is a test. This is a test. This is a test. Hallelujah. Job, who was tested and tried, said, But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, and when he has done tried me, if he's finished with me, I shall come forth as gold. The dreams of Joseph was in his heart. Until one day, stand with me please. Until one day, he looked and saw his brothers coming. Coming for help. And what did they do when they got to Joseph? They didn't know who he was. But just like his dream said, they're going to bow down to me. Going to bow down to me. And I, I know there was a season of time and they sent back for Benjamin and so forth and so on. But the, the time came for him to reveal himself to his family. If he hadn't been through what he went through, if he had gotten to his promise before the test, here's what he would have done. Kill them all. Get rid of all of them. Get rid of all of them. But this is what he said with tears streaming down his face as he sent out the Egyptians and spoke to them in the Hebrew tongue. He says, you meant it for evil, but God good. You meant it for evil, but the Lord made it good. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today, I don't know what you have gone through. And I wish I knew who I was, but my spirit is pulling for somebody tonight. My spirit is really reaching for somebody tonight that needs to hear the words of this message. Is that the test was not meant to destroy you, but rather to bring your dream to a reality. It's coming up. Your dream's coming up. Not, it's not gone. It's coming up. 
Is there anybody who wants to step out today that says, I'm claiming my dream. I'm going back to my dream. I'm not giving up on it. I know that I'm in a season and a test and a trial, but I'm not giving up on my dream. I'm going to claim it in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Joseph went through the prison so that when the time come, he had humility enough to love those that hated him at one time, to bless those that had sent him to prison or sent him to the pit one time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he has tried me, when he's put me in the fire, when he's put me in the test, I'm going to come forth victorious. Is there any victorious dreamers in the house? Any victorious dreamers in the house? Come on and lift your voice today. Come on and claim victory in the name of the Lord. I don't care if you're in the test and the promise hasn't happened. Yet I want you to thank the Lord as if it did. Thank him for as if it did. Thank him that he is still God. Thank him that he's still in control. He's not. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.